0: well hello and welcome back to skeptics and seekers and ask an atheist anything one of our round tables this is going to be a special edition for the for the holidays for merry christmas yeah i'm i'm dale representing the christian or seeker side and we have uh
1: i'm david and i represent the skeptic or rational side and from
0: ask an atheist anything we also have
2: merry christmas this is matthew
1: and happy holidays
3: this is andrew knight
0: perfect so yeah as i said this is going to be a special christmas edition and we have a set of five questions uh set up so each one of us has come up with a christmas related question to ask each other and we're going to go around giving our answers and uh then we're just going to do a final round Right about, you know, giving a personal note on what Christmas means to us. So, yeah, I guess getting getting straight into it. We can start with Andrew, because uh, I think he has a very uh, important question that's not really a typical thing that you think about or want to think about at Christmas. But, yeah, I'll, I'll turn it over to Andrew to, to ask the question.
3: Well, thank you, Dale. Um, yeah, so I guess the place I'd like to start is to mention that at this point in the year, at least in the United States, and I think in the, in the UK and Canada as well, holidays put a lot of pressure on, uh, on families, on individuals, uh, on the disenfranchised. And so it's probably worth starting off this podcast, even though I think we're all happy about the holidays, recognizing and acknowledging that there are those out there who have a very different experience from the holidays. And so we want to be aware of that. And just to say to those who might be listening, uh, if you struggle with depression over the holidays, there is help. And we will include in the show notes contact numbers for organizations that can help you. And this will include contact numbers in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada for adults and children. So if you if you struggle with the holidays, don't let that be a crisis. Be aware of the things that trigger crisis moments for people that suffer depression. Those points are hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. If you find yourself in one of those states, you're more likely to feel depressed. So be aware of your own personal triggers. This is not counseling advice. If you, if you suffer with depression over the holidays, seek help. And with that public service announcement and the, and the notion that we will include uh, contact numbers at the end of this podcast, uh, Dale. I'll hand it back to you.
0: Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think that was uh, really important to to get out there, and I, I think it was a good idea from Andrew. It's it's something that you know we don't really really think about. Uh, we're we're more wrapped up in you know the festivities and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I do appreciate Andrew bringing that to attention. That some people. Uh, do need help around the holidays. I, I remember my own my own self when I was uh, younger, I uh, was at Jarvis Street Baptist Church and apparently Robin Williams, the actor, showed up. He was filming in Toronto at the time and he sort of sat in the back and um, I found out at that time that he was sort of struggling with depression and this this was around Christmas, Christmas service because we go we usually go there for Christmas time back when I was growing up. So that sort of resonated when Andrew brought this topic up. That's sort of my personal anecdote, what I heard about there. Did you have a question for people about that at all? Or Well,
3: I, think, I think that can probably get right into our show, can't it? And, and that is, how do we all experience the holidays differently? Because uh, skeptics, uh, atheists, and non-believers in anyone that doesn't believe in the Christian notion of the holidays will experience Christmas very differently. I guess, to to be fair, there's something like uh, 2.5 billion Christians, right? 2.4 billion. So so it's a big deal. And lots of people see it the same way. And in fact, the Christian influence over the holidays uh, can't be ignored. But maybe part of what we're going to do today is explore how we as uh, skeptics, View the holidays versus how Christians view the holidays, and uh, so Dale, what is it that you find uh, appealing about christmas from the from the Christian perspective
1: well so before Dale answers that, I just wanted to add something to a thing that maybe we can look forward to as we talk about this so it's one thing to acknowledge that um, uh, that we have that that there is depression around this time of year, but uh, hopefully we can talk a little bit about what causes that depression. What are why is there so much depression around this time of year? Because if you if ne- if you have never really suffered it or been with someone who suffered it, you may not understand why anyone would be sad uh, at this time of year. And yet there are a number of reasons why it is. Some of it, I think, lays directly at the the Christian notion of this holiday, um, I'd, I'd lay it at their, their feet. It may not be all of it, but, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that this this holiday that is supposed to be this this impetus for cheer and joy and goodwill toward men causes so many people wanting in their lives. I'm hoping
3: we're going to get into that. So, Dale, what is it about Christianity and Christmas that you find appealing?
0: Okay, so we're gonna do the person. So we started doing like what Christmas means to us personally. Or
3: oh, well, tell you what. Rather than taking that away from you, what was the what was the first question?
0: All right, we'll start with David. Let's let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And by
1: the way, this is not the first time that I've uh, come to school without my homework. So. My dog ate
3: mine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, that said, I think the aspect of, of Christmas that I find maybe the most troubling and and I'd like to at least get some, some comment on from the rest of the group is the idea that this is the time of year where we can um, devolve into magical thinking. Uh, so I'm a big fan of imagination and, and using one's imagination and make-believe and so forth. I I actually enjoy that. But I also am a huge proponent of making a clear distinction between what is make-believe and what is real. And Christmas time seems to be one of those times when we let all that go and we kind of conflate the imaginary and the real and we're talking, uh, you know, we're... Letting our kids indulge in in Santa Claus and also baby Jesus. And I think that conflation is is somewhat intentional because around the time, you know, around 12, I think is the, the age, around the time they start letting go of Santa Claus, they would probably also start letting go of baby Jesus too. But we give them permission to let go of one and not the other and so we entrench this magical thinking in our kids and raise another generation of religious magical thinkers and so while we're while we're playing make believe behind the christmas tree we're really using that tactic to just make more christians who think magically and so i actually find that a, a somewhat despicable and destructive aspect of holiday and um uh, I would love to hear
0: some commentary on that, okay, so uh, Andrew, uh, what do you think about you know sort of lo- lying to engaging in certain lies for you know and for the sake of the holidays
3: I think i 've mentioned in a previous podcast, uh, although i don 't know that it was a round table that my girlfriend is pregnant, uh, and I have children from a from another relationship, but one of the things that we have decided to do is not raise this child with a notion that there is a, a magical Santa that comes down chimneys and can, uh, can visit every person in the world and uh, over the span of one evening, taking, child, uh, taking presents to the, to the good boys and girls because it invites, uh, it invites a, a certain kind of cognitive dissonance. We want our child to be aware that gifts come from people and that they come from people who uh, genuinely care about you. And that when you give a gift, the person receiving the gift should know who it comes from and that you genuinely care for them. And we know that that is going to be a difficult conversation, but like the other skeptics on this line, I am not for any kind of magical thinking and I am for imagination. The difference is that we can imagine things that, can't happen, and so we don't necessarily. Uh, I, I don't. I don't oppose reading fantasy books or or good stories, but I do oppose trying to enact magic when it doesn't exist. And so there's a difference between what can be and what you can imagine.
1: And and if I can just pile on, I, I like what you said about the kids knowing where the gifts come from. Uh, magical thinking makes them gives them a framework where good things come from from unknown unseen sources and you know if you just write a letter to Santa Claus or wish it real hard or pray for it or you know then the you know the guy the invisible gift giver does does your thing and so I think there is something to be said for knowing exactly where the gift comes from.
3: I want to carry that thought Just for one more second, and then I'll I'll bow out of this part of the conversation. One of the things that I don't want to do on Christmas morning is have my children open gifts and then have to pretend like they came from someone else. I want to be able to share the moments where I give gifts to my children and use that as a platform to build a stronger relationship. I don't want to hand them a present from Santa and then have to pretend like I had nothing to do with it so not for the notion of Santa uh, even though uh, it's a cultural icon.
0: Cool all right and Matt what, what are your thoughts about that?
2: I'm quite a lot more relaxed about it um, I, although I do remember being a new parent as a Christian and the Santa thing did become a problem and my personal experience and my genuine feeling is that Santa has been more of a problem for Christians and for uh, non-Christians, and I remember having a conversation as a Christian and a new parent with a with a father who was also who was both a new Christian and a new parent, and he tore his mind apart the the problem of Santa and what to do with his children. And he, as soon as they were old enough to understand the concept, he came straight out and said, told them that Santa was make believe and it uh, was, was just a myth in the stories and yes people talked about Santa as though Santa was real because his problem was indeed he's not the only person who I've had that kind of conversation was if I talk about Santa as though Santa's real and then my children realize that it's not true then they're going to do come to the same conclusion about Jesus and that was basically the source of, of his uh, I'm going to use the word trauma because he really did uh, have, have a big big mental issue about it and he's he's not unique and I know I wasn't unique in in having that issue but in terms of what we did as, he, as a as a Christian family with a young child uh, was we took a very relaxed view uh, about Santa uh, and yeah we talked about Santa but we never said yes yeah, Santa's real and we never said no Santa's fake. Right. we just talked about Santa in the context of Christmas and um, my daughter's bright enough and she worked it out but what really triggered it all off and what was the most amusing thing about it all was actually the tooth fairy and we talked about that when the first teeth came out and we did the whole tooth fairy thing and my christianity was beginning to wane um by that point um and um my daughter is such an annoyingly bright brat i i, I tell you i love her to bits but she would write letters to the Tooth Fairy and we got told off for not making sure that there was a Tooth Fairy reply um, to her Tooth Fairy letter so we started to have this bizarre scenario where my daughter would put her tooth under the pillow and this write this whole screed uh, to the Tooth Fairy and there would be me at 10 o'clock at night writing this ridiculous reply back pretending to be the Tooth Fairy and uh, uh, put it under. And my, it became more and more colourful of it. And eventually my daughter came out and she'd known about it for ages. She'd been playing us a ridiculous little thing. Um, said, you know, the, the tooth fairy is not real, is it? You guys are just faking it. I said, oh, thank goodness for that. I said, yes, that's right. Um, oh, so, I, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry it. so I said, do you want me to stop? And she said, no, of course, I don't want you to stop this. It's fun. And I went, oh, no, I've got to carry this on. Um, and I, th- I think parents make it much more of a problem than they need to, because I think the children have got them sussed out from the day one. And I think there's a lot of children who are like my daughters. They already know they're just playing their parents. And with the whole Tooth Fairy thing, my daughter played me good and proper for a good long time. But don't ever tell her that because I'm going to have to kill you. She she needs to know that I'm the boss here yeah, in this house. Um. Anyway, what's my point? Yeah. But so I I think the whole myth thing is is more of a problem for, for the for the Christians because of the, the connotation. If I if they realise I'm lying to them about the mythical Santa, they're going to think I'm lying about, about. Jesus? so it'll be interesting to hear what what your take on on that is, But... As as an atheist now, as a family, I actually don't mind Father Christmas. I'm quite happy to talk about it. We all know there's no Father Christmas, but we still talk about Father Christmas. My in laws still put presents under the tree signed Father Christmas, and we just enjoy it as the spirit of Christmas, and it's quite good fun actually. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, Yeah, I think. um... Glad I over. Is your nose okay, David? Because it sounded like that amused you. Yes. No, I I'm better (laughs) now. There's this thing
1: called a mute button. I don't know. <laughs> um, perfect. I, I I know so
0: little about this technology thing. <laughs> I love that you were giving lessons to Alan before in muting. But all right, so so yeah, I'll give my my answer. I'm sorry, uh, lectures to who? Uh, to Alan about how to really? how to
1: use. I haven't the, we, we haven't introduced an Alan. Who are you talking about? Oh, okay, never
2: mind. Uh, just, is that <laughs> Father Christmas's alternative name?
1: I think so. And,
3: and, and by the way, you, you call him Father Christmas? You, you people in the UK, man. So
1: strange. Father as in Catholic Father, or Father as in Daddy from another mother? Is it <laughs> Father? <I> mean, what?
2: Is <laughs> a Catholic, right? So, <laughs> um, well, he definitely doesn't visit the bedroom, so he can't be Catholic.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, oh boy.
2: Okay.
0: okay. Wow. So, oh, sorry, we're gonna have to come back. back to the series. No. That's a joke. There we go. <laughs> um, so, are yeah. you
3: sure he? did No,
0: never mind. Oh. Never, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, Merry I need a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's my answer, the Christian answer. Um, so for, first of all, I want to say I'm actually with. Before I was a Christian. I was with Matt 100%. I don't see the harm. Um, I was the kid playing my dad I I remember I found out there was no Santa Claus. I'd gotten a a video game um, from Santa and we were going to return it and then it's like oh, you know The clerk was asking about it and he was like well my wife uh, my wife uh, bought it or something and he didn't realize what he had said, but I picked up on it and that's that's when I realized Santa's not real um, as a kid, it didn't affect me. I went on pretending and happy and having a, a good time getting gifts from Santa uh, and that sort of thing. So I, I think that people can differentiate. Like, it didn't impact me personally in terms of, oh, shoot, well, if Santa's fake, then I guess God's not real and that sort of thing. Um, but as a, as a Christian, I have to recognize, I mean, this isn't the case for everyone. It, it this Making this connection do, can and does have a... A serious impact that could affect someone's uh, salvation. They, they might see, well, if Santa's not real, then I can't trust you. That Jesus is real or that God is real. So, I've sort of evolved. I've, I've tried everything to think that I could think of where I could, if I were to have kids, that I could preserve Santa for them because I want them you to have. You don't Santa have to worry
1: Santa. about it, Dale. I'm sorry. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, <because> I'm... <laughs> I want them to have the I don't understand.
3: It's not worth chasing. It's a, it's a squirrel. It's, I need <laughs> <eat> a sandwich.
0: <laughs> okay, um, I get it now. But uh, um, yeah. So what was I saying? Um, yeah. Even thinking about, well, Santa does exist in a logically possible world. So therefore, I'm not lying. Stuff, you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, no, it, it is lying. Um, so. I, as a Christian, I wouldn't be able to lie about it. I, w- I would have to let them know about the difference. And we could still do the go through the motions and have fun, um, but put them in a position where they actually believe there is a real Santa Claus and that sort of thing. Uh, as a Christian, I wouldn't lie to them.
3: I, I want to follow that point, Dale, because you said, you know, it didn't really affect you as a kid. Just to express part of the continuum here, it did affect me as a kid. Uh, In fact, my family tells a story, Uh, and I I remember this moment. I lived in this uh, two-story house uh, where I grew up, and my mom was downstairs washing clothes um, this particular holiday season. I guess I was six or seven, and I'd been watching these Christmas specials, you know, raised on Christmas, right, raised with a Santa Claus, and I think it was my older brother that told me there was, you know, <laughs> you really need to give that up. Santa's a bad job. No such thing as Santa. And, uh, and I, was quite, I was quite upset by this. So I, I go downstairs. And my mom's washing clothes. And I, I interrupt her. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a crisis of faith for a kid, which means it's a real crisis, right? And, and I confronted her. I said, why have you been lying to me all these years about Santa? Is there or isn't there a Santa? And if there's not, why do you lie to me? Now, you know, it seems it seems sort of funny because we can all see a a six or seven year old doing that kind of thing. Right. And it's kind of amusing because we all know as adults, it's really uh, it's really not a big deal. Right. But it was a big deal to me because it really did mean that my parents had been trying to promote this ongoing idea of of a Santa. And it was a lot. It did bother me that my parents could um, uh, could participate in an annual ritual to lie to me about something that didn't exist.
1: So can, can I can I say how it uh, affected me because I if I was different I wasn't uh, I I didn't I don't know that I ever believed but I did go to schools with kids who did believe and. I also had the experience of uh, growing up in neighborhoods uh, where people were, let's say, well below the middle class average <laughs> uh, in America, and so I did. I did not grow up wealthy. I did not grow up in a wealthy neighborhood. Um, you know, we, you know, we weren't exactly third world, uh, but we weren't exactly first world <laughs> all the time either. So that said, uh, I had the experience. Of seeing the story in a very different way as it played out, and it played out this way: good little boys and girls were from rich families, and bad little boys and girls were from poor families, because that's how the presents were divided. And you, you know, you come to school and you have the show and tell, and you you know, talk about your presents. Uh, there's there's this clear line of de- delineation between those who had really nice, cool gifts and those. Who did not, uh, and I, I found the whole thing somewhat distasteful. I was always somewhere in the middle. My parents worked very, very hard to give us stuff, um, but I knew how hard they worked. At least most of the time. Some of it I didn't. Uh, but but a lot of those kids, they did not. They they could not put together the idea that you know this is just a matter of your socioeconomic place in the world. Uh, that's not how this, the Christmas story goes, and it plays out very badly in communities where people are very poor.
3: Dave, should we um uh, so David and I grew up in the in the same community. Uh, we went to the the same school uh, at least part of the time. And I'm wondering if we should um if we should talk about the Christmas holiday and the party in the gym for all of the kids that we went to school? no, with.
1: it's it's painful. I would. I would rather laugh at people.
3: It, it is painful, <laughs> yeah. but but it is it is part of that story that you just told.
1: It is part yeah. of it. It's true. I mean, you it, you, you just well, say whatever you want to. Uh,
3: okay. It's, All right. Very quickly, we we grew up in a community where there were poor kids. We went to school with some of those kids, and the Rotary Club and the and Lions Club. At times,
1: we were those kids. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah.
3: The Rotary Club, the Lions Club, Telephone Pioneers—all all the local civic organizations would get together, and they would buy a present for every kid in school with us. And we'd get together in this this big party in the gym at the school, and there'd be a Santa, right? And and they would uh, they'd come this time after we'd all sung some Christmas carols and and drank Kool-Aid, and uh, and and no, it wasn't. Poisoned, uh, <laughs> drink a late, and uh, and there'd come a time uh, where every kid would be given a gift, and you know it was it was the it was the typical gifts of the time, taco trucks and and that kind of thing. But the trouble is that Christmas is a holiday where we buy kids toys, and if I'm being honest, it's really not what we needed. What we needed was better textbooks. What we needed was better technology in the classrooms. What we needed were winter coats. What we An needed were better di-
1: shoes. An actual dietitian. Uh, you know, that, yes, that as as, as hard as they
3: lunches. tried, yes, we we did. And the thing is, when you have a when you have a community of kids that have horrible textbooks, and don't have writing supplies, and don't have good shoes or good winter coats, you can't stack. Tonka trucks high enough to make up for that deficiency.
0: Yeah,
3: and Christmas in that community was simply a lie.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. So I think that handled the. The only thing I I would just caution you on is, uh, I agree with what, the point that you guys are making, but don't don't underestimate the joy. From those tonka trucks right like remember that's the message do, do, i don't know if you guys remember uh santa claus is coming to town but i grew up with that as one of the shows uh in syndication or whatever but um yeah there, there's like a town where they get rid of all the toys and it's always ev- things you need socks and and stuff like that and it's a utterly miserable and drab place uh you know that the ton. well it's true you need those tools and those are extremely important I, I wouldn't discount the joy of having fun with toys as not also um, being a necessary part of a child you're, you're talking to someone missing, who received the Tonka trucks. <laughs> you're, you're
3: missing the point Dale and and I can tell from your response that you were never one of those kids
1: yeah
3: and and here's how I can tell I was not Be- yeah I, I know and and here's how I know Because the kids that grew up in my community remember January 1st just as much as they remember December 19th or whenever the Christmas party was each year. And the reason we remember January 1st as much is because that Tonka truck doesn't get us through having a coat to put on.
1: Okay. It it, re- it really doesn't. And you, you overestimate the joy of the Tonka truck. So there's, we all enjoyed, you know, gathering around and getting free presents and things like that. So I, I don't want to, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fun. That lasts for 10 minutes. Um, the winter lasts a lot longer. And the bad education lasts a lot longer. And the bad food lasts a lot longer. you, you, have forgotten the truck <laughs> by the time you know before the batteries die on whatever toy you got <laughs> uh you're back to real life and by the way no one's there to replenish the batteries
2: okay yeah i'd like to step in with a voice of support on you guys there my my growing up experience is different to yours but i i come from a, a painfully broken home and the, the two sides uh, of the home were very different financially and I want to endorse what you guys have just said. The toys get forgotten. the The memories of the occasion live and transcend for many, many years beyond the toys. The good memories and very, very importantly, uh, the bad memories—a uh, painful Christmas, which, which can can just last a, a, a short period in a time in terms of uh, time span. But the uh, the uh after effects of that that pain from memory can can hurt for very very many years uh, beyond and well into to adulthood and i don't think we should underestimate that impact
0: okay and i'm not i i said that i respected that that point so moving on andrew uh, you had a question um, so here here's what i see in the email can atheists celebrate christmas that's the question you wanted one of the questions oh.
3: Right. Uh, look. By the way, happy to be moving on uh, from from that last bit. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can change the tone of the of the podcast a little bit at this point. And Dale, yes, you did. You you said you respected the the problems there, and uh, so thank you for that. Oh, so, can an atheist celebrate Christmas? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was my joke. Okay. Go ahead. I, I think that. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so we, we do have an Alan still on the line. I don't know if Alan's going to weigh in, but that's a, that's at least one third of us, uh, possibly only one fourth of us. But that's a clear no. So, uh, Matthew, do you celebrate Christmas? And if not, what do you celebrate in the holidays?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess some um, part of David's response is, you know, what what's the definition of celebrating Christmas? Uh, christmas um uh, for those who who aren't aware uh i am a an atheist in a christian family so christmas happens uh the, Chris, the christian way uh pretty much uh, all of the time and i'm okay with that i'm accepted I, I married into it as a as a christian so um i was going to say that's my lot in life but that's not the right phrase
1: no. um, so <laughs> now uh, if your wife hears this is not <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I so yes and I do uh, on occasion go to church on Christmas morning with the family because you know it's essential to to be together with the family and I'm creating division if I don't do that and I'm quite happy to do that uh, and celebrate Christmas uh, in that way and you know I actually enjoy singing Christmas carols now when I first decided to ditch Christianity singing Christmas carols was a bit of a problem for me I had to overcome that as a hurdle uh, Ten years later, I'm I'm good with that. I enjoy singing Christmas carols. I enjoy having a bit of a, a group sing song uh, in in church on that. The sermon is usually very uh, short and bithy, so there's nothing there for me to really react against. So I'm genuinely quite uh, cool with the, the Christian aspect of Christianity. We've had a long tradition in this family of having a, um, a nativity set come out. We we've had a one that's been child-friendly and playable with, which comes out. And my daughter always enjoys that coming out. It's always been her thing to get out the nativity set and to set it up and spend a good lot of time uh, playing that. And I'm very happy uh, with all of that and celebrating Christmas in that way. I guess it's not true celebrating in the uh, in the way that others might think, in, in that I don't see it as uh, Jesus' birthday and any of that kind of nuance and uh, really just doesn't enter into my, my psyche at all. But I still enjoy celebrating it.
0: Okay. Uh, David, I guess you already gave your, your answer to Andrew's so question. I'll
1: expand it just a little bit. But did, did anyone else hear um, Matthew's statement as um, uh, a hostage uh, tape? <laughs> no, I, no, I love Christmas. I, I love it. I, we get the Nativity scene. I, I love Christmas. Bless me the name of the Lord.
2: Uh, <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> I love it for the free alcohol it's <laughs> I, not I free I paid for it
1: free Matthew, <laughs> free Matthew. Um, look uh, you can You're celebrate to hell for that, <laughs> <baby>. <laughs> you can celebrate I mean there, you can celebrate anything you want to and a part of me uh, enjoys the secularization of, of Christmas I, I love to see it corrupted I love to see uh, you know around this time of year, Christians scrambling to remind people for the reason of the season you know why you have to remind people because no one cares no, no one no one gives a damn about the religious aspects of, of, of this holiday uh, a few years ago I wrote a um, I wrote a post uh, for my blog which i don't write much for anymore uh, beyond. Beyond religion, that's uh, at word WordPress. Beyond religion, anyway, um, and it was it was about the secularization of uh, secularization of Christmas, and I uh, I took a picture at uh, I think it was a hospital uh, that I was at at the time, um, and uh, the picture was uh, their wall decoration, and it was a giant Santa Claus and. Presence and reindeer and all that. And uh, above that, in I want to say the right hand side and up, was a smaller cross. And I thought, that's perfect. <laughs> so they've they've got the cross in there but it's overshadowed by this giant santa claus that's the that's the christmas i like (laughs) so um yeah i'm i'm perfectly happy with that uh and i strongly encourage people to forget the reason for the season and uh yeah uh have have fun with that but i wouldn't call that celebrating christmas i would just call that having a holiday party and um i i think that's when christmas is at its best
0: Andrew, I don't know. Do you want to answer yourself or what, like, what's your take? Can atheists celebrate Christmas?
3: We can celebrate giving. And this is, in that way, actually my favorite time of year, though, though I'll acknowledge that I have struggled with depression over the holidays at, at some periods in my life. And I still do because, like Matthew, I, I came from a, a terribly broken home. Uh, So when I travel home for the holidays now, uh, my family is still divided, and it's still a hard time, uh, even even in my middle age. Um, Christmas at home is not the joyous affair that other people experience. But I am happy to celebrate the idea of giving to each other. And I'm happy to sit down and share a meal with my friends and family. And if I could encourage any single act of charity, it would be this. Most of us live our lives now where we want for very little. A couple of years ago, uh, my family got together and rather than exchanging gifts, we took our money and we found a local family and we bought the things that, that this mother and her children needed. She was recently widowed. And she didn't have things like beds for her children. They didn't have cookware. Uh, she, was, she was really in a bad place. And rather than giving gifts to each other, that's what we did for Christmas. We haven't done it since. I think, it's, I think it's tragic that we haven't. But if I could encourage giving in any particular way, it would be that over Christmas, we celebrate giving by giving to people who can't give us a single thing?
0: Um, yeah I'm just gonna concur that I do think the answer is yeah obviously all three of you just prove that atheists can celebrate Christmas uh, in your in your own ways you, you, each one of us has our own traditions or things that are important to us and what the what the holiday season means um, so I don't really have anything more to add on that apart from don't listen to david's advice uh the mean the true meaning of christmas is important uh, i would re- recommend that you reflect upon <laughs> reflect uh, what, what, what
1: would you say the true meaning of christmas uh is dale because i don't think the audience knows it's so would you would you interrupt their viewing of the grinch that stole christmas so that you can tell them the true meaning of christmas <laughs> Are you serious? You think sure, listen? go ahead. Knock yourself out. This is, you know, we never give you a chance to evangelize. Go for it. Because I see a real mocking it, uh, opportunity uh, after this. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So
0: Matthew's question is... Um, obviously well played, Dale. That's, that's <laughs> well played. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. <dude. laughs> um, so, but yeah, it's the nativity story, right? It's 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 what we god is giving us the messiah god incarnate was was born to a virgin as the king of kings and and as a gift to us to die eventually to die for our sins and make atonement for us to reconcile us to god um, he's really the ultimate gift given to us because we can't give back to him so it, it embodies you know the the very spirit of what andrew was doing for example with that family which is highly commendable yeah, that's that's the foundation and true meaning of christmas uh to from a biblical perspective a christian perspective okay so yeah. I, I hope that you didn't just compare
1: you know jesus to andrew actually giving someone a bed so that their kids can sleep on but I, so i rather than using it as a mocking opportunity i would like to follow up because i i did have a stealth question to ask and I needed you to bring up the nativity for me to ask it. So do you actually personally believe in the virgin birth and how necessary is it uh, to believe in that? Because a lot of Christians, even some that have appeared on the show Unbelievable, do not believe in the virgin birth. A lot have given that up and thrown it under the bus because they recognize that uh, it is either A silly or B. A textual accretion that really probably those stories probably don't belong in the text at all. So a lot of scholars have given
0: up the virgin birth. What, is, is that really an important thing for you in Christmas? Yeah, I do. So I do believe in the virgin birth. I, it's important. It's not essential. I, I would agree with the scholars that it's not an essential uh, Christian belief. So you can you can still be considered a Christian if you deny the virgin birth so our next question so this uh from matthew i've been i've been looking i can't see what your question is you just you just talked about christmas issues
2: uh what- yeah there was a follow-up email which had a couple of questions on it the the top one was um for the ex-christians how has christmas changed for you it's possible that we partially answered that but we could go around with that question so it's how how, is, your-
0: how has christmas changed for you
2: yeah, oh, I guess yes. if you want to put an answer to that, or you could think how it might change for you, but yeah, that's a question that I'd be interested to hear the I guys answer specifically.
0: So, yeah, well, obviously as a, a new Christian, it, it's now infused with new meaning again because I believe in the historical nature of the nativity story. I, I now have that aspect back. I guess before I was, once I lost my faith during the intervening years, it it wasn't like it was a... You know totally empty or anything like that um but there was a noticeable hole in the significance or meaning of the holidays um it, like i said it wasn't unbearable i, I had a great time i i love you know the santa stuff and hanging out you know fa- friends and family eggnog and all of that and uh, and that sort of thing but it, i guess it wasn't complete so so this christmas it's it like it was when i was a christian before so yeah hope, hopefully this christmas this will be my first christmas uh, as a christian again so now hopefully it'll it'll feel complete again because i have the i have everything uh, the nativity and all the the commercial stuff and that sort of thing so that's how it's changed for me we'll, we'll see it, it hasn't happened yet but <laughs> we'll see how it goes that's what i think
1: uh, so can I, can i answer that uh, then because well, you can give your answer. Yeah. To... Great. Uh, so how, how it's changed for me. So my family, we were not Christmas Christians per se. <laughs> so you'd have to know a little bit about denominational distinctives to understand what I mean by that. But uh, Christmas wasn't a, a big religious deal for us. In fact, we were we were closer to the kind of Christians that didn't celebrate Christmas at all. And we gave lip service to not celebrating Christmas, but my parents always did anyway. Um, so the fact of the matter is, it it never had some great reason for the season for me because you know we would always talk about well you know that's not when Jesus was really born you know we were <laughs> we were those people. So after Christianity, I don't think I noticed because we we weren't the kind of Christians uh, that. That celebrated in the first place. I, yeah, in fact, I, I think most years of my adult life, Christmas has been an annoyance uh, because A, I don't have kids, and B, I usually have to work or get things done. And so for about two weeks of the year, uh, transportate Public transportation, because I don't drive, so I depend on public transportation. Public transportation is unreliable. The mail is unreliable. Uh, I can't make a doctor's appointment. You know, life just kind of grinds to this nasty halt. And so, if anything, it just got more annoying for me <laughs> as, a, as an atheist, as, you know, trying to get work done. So um, probably not the answer that you were expecting, but um, there it is.
0: All right. And Andrew, has uh, Christmas... Gone through any changes for you at all?
3: Yes, I find um, I find that because now it's just a season of giving, right? It's where I get together with my friends and family, and we share a meal, and and perhaps we exchange gifts. We don't we don't necessarily. I find that it is a much more genuine time in my life. I'm not devoting Christmas to this uh, somewhat false notion of of Jesus' birthday or or any of that kind of thing. and you know, Not all Christians think that December 25th or whatever is actually Jesus' birthday, but there's this notion of, of somehow sharing this holiday uh, with a deity. And the thing that I like most about shedding my religious background is that in this particular season of giving, it is more pure for me than it ever was because I get to focus on the people in my life that make a difference. And that is the thing that I love most about this season now.
0: Perfect. Um, yeah, I think everyone... Oh, Matt, uh, what about for you? It's your question. Has Christmas changed for you at all? Uh,
2: yes, it has uh, changed for me. And um, as, as an individual, I find Christmas is more relaxed and I enjoy it a whole lot more. It's, um, it, it wasn't something I would have predicted uh, before I uh, gave up on Christianity. But that's certainly how I feel about it now. And it, it starts with subtle things. You know, I used to get terribly, terribly frustrated at hearing Christmas music in shops before December. And now, yeah, I'll go, huh, I I might roll my eyes, but actually I, I don't mind it as much as uh, I used to. Um, hearing people say happy holidays it used to be like someone was spiking at my soul when I would hear that phrase. And now I'm like, so what? They're still wishing a, a seasonal greeting. Really, what does it matter what words they've used? Um, but those little things uh, uh, build up. Uh, and um, as a child, I remember occasionally thinking, why are we always going to church? Um, and, you know, the whole church element is completely removed. Uh, from me. I mean, I still attend, but it doesn't have anywhere near the, the same uh, uh, me- meaning to me. So, yeah, how I view Christmas uh, has changed. I still enjoy the joy calling it the season of goodwill, goodwill. I, I do um, spend time thinking about others I haven't been quite as practical about it as Andrew has. That is something I, I, I should do, although we have done uh, charitable things over, over Christmas as a, as a family. Um, but it, yeah, so taking the religious aspect out of it for me has made Christmas more uh, relaxed and more enjoyable for me, and, and I like that change.
1: So I and I don't. I want to just go back. It sounds like I ha- had a really bitter thing to say, and I'm not as bitter as uh, as it sounds. I don't want to poor mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. But um <laughs> but no, there there is a there's an economic disparity a little bit in how some people would think about the holiday, and I it it's important to bear that in mind for me for instance i you know i'm not i'm not i'm not well i've almost said i'm not poor but you know when i look at my bank account maybe maybe that's not true but I, the thing is i don't have two weeks vacation off to to go and play in the snow and uh do christmas shopping and all of that it's it's unpaid time off where I have to get things done and if I'm not working during the Christmas holiday I've got I've got a couple of weeks or a month or however much non productivity of of money that I'm not making and life gets harder for me uh, when I when when the world doesn't work normally and so I don't I don't actually look forward to holidays in that sense I I work during Thanksgiving and I look forward to it. Uh, even when I had good jobs with benefits and all that, I would work through the holidays for the time and a half. Uh, so I'm, I'm one of those guys. And so I, I really do. And there were a lot of people like me in, in you know, places where I worked. And this is just an aspect that doesn't get talked about that much. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's not that great when you, you're forced to almost be unemployed for two weeks or however long it is because, because you got to work and you don't have the savings and it's, and it's expensive even if you're not buying a bunch of presents.
3: And
0: right. I'll, I'll go ahead.
1: Sorry.
3: Well, just, just very quickly because I, I want to respond to something that David said there that I've observed in my broader extended family. We all have uh, parts of our family tree that are less well off than other parts. And, and for whatever reason that happens to be. And and for those people that are not particularly well-off, Christmas is a hardship because they feel compelled to give. And we should be aware that Christmas can be a financial burden. So I guess now maybe, uh, maybe this is my fight against capitalism. I'm not sure it's not supposed to really come across that way. But it's just another acknowledgement that there is an aspect of a giving season uh, that can be quite demanding, and I don't know how to solve that problem. And I'm, I'm not proposing a solution; just an acknowledgement that this is another way that that some people find Christmas different from uh, you know from the norm that we see uh, in our TV ads.
0: Perfect. All right. Uh, yeah. One one uh, little tidbit because I think Andrew mentioned the point about December twenty fifth is not actually the day um and to be honest i i don't care either way i've always assumed this was the case but uh there is actually um a question about this in the scholarship um yeah. because so basically where december 25th come it was the feast or celebration of the unconquerable sun that wasn't official until 274 a.d with the under the emperor emperor aurelian the guy who made the aurelian Walls and that sort of thing was, that's when the pagans sort of made this date their official date for the feast for for Sol Invictus uh, the soldier God uh, Sun God there and but we actually have early references where it, it's mixed but there are references to Jesus birth as, Over a century before that by Christians. Hippoly, Hippolytus for example in a hundred, from uh, in the late 2nd century AD mentioned that December 25th uh, was the date for Jesus' birth. John Chrysostom also mentions this. Um, now, it's not uniform that some people say it's January 6th and that sort of thing, so we can't prove that it is, but I just thought it was interesting that it, it's not a clear-cut case. Oh, Christians just copied the pagans, so the pagans always had December 25th as their date, and then the Christians just reinvented that. There, there is stuff before the official pagan feast was set for that date, so I found that interesting. That is
3: interesting because I, I, well, I wasn't aware of the earlier dates uh, where perhaps people that were more involved with Christianity talked about when Jesus might have been born. But if that's a if that's a century before 274, um, that puts us. If you think about Jesus dying at uh, at 33, right, that puts the first references uh, at at somewhere around 130, right. So that's that's a hundred years.
4: Yeah. After.
3: An- his death on the cross, if if such an event happened, which I'm not entirely convinced about, but so it is interesting that that would at least coincide with some of the uh, with some of the writings of the gospel accounts, um, which we know were written
0: quite late. So so that is interesting.
3: Well,
0: cool. perfect. All right. So um, yeah, I guess we'll ask my question. Um, it's really it's just it's sort of a a reverse of uh, Andrews, um, g- given certain pagan associations or pagan rituals, like the Christmas tree itself, for example, um, do you, do you think that Christians are able to uh, celebrate the, let's call it the quote unquote commercial aspects of Christmas? Like, a, am I sinning if I'm having a Christmas tree or something like that? Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, what do you think about that?
2: I don't, but I guess somebody who disagrees could just turn around and say well you're not really an authority on what christians are allowed to celebrate so what what does your opinion count but no i i don't don't think that christians should in in any way at all restrict what they celebrate to only that which is sanctioned by their belief that creates such a divided and contained self-contained uh, system that effectively remove yourself from the rest of society so now i don't think it's Christians should limit themselves to to that. So, so yes, put up decorations, put up a, a Christmas tree, go and buy gifts on, on Black Friday or, or, or whatever. Yeah, in, enjoy what other people uh, are in, enjoying and if you want to stand out as a Christian, do the things for, for other people who are struggling at that time so that you can see that you're you're doing that, but now I I really don't see any conflict at all between Christians celebrating Christmas the way they want to and celebrating it in the way the rest of society does. If they see a division at all,
1: cool. so and I'd
0: like I'd like to be a contrarian here. <laughs> Big well, shock! Is when you're being a is this your actual opinion or are you just being a kind of? Um, okay, it's hard, well, it's, hard okay. To,
1: it's hard to know my actual opinion because I'm so far removed from. Uh, from being a Christian, but I can I can tell you the kinds of thoughts I had as a Christian, the kind of sermons that I preached as a Christian, and it, even when I was a Christian, when I was a, also a songwriter, I had a tradition of writing a Christmas song every year, and it was uh, something of a scathing commentary on Christmas. So yeah, I think that um, there's there's some truth in my contrarianness here. Um, and it it evolves not around the Jehovah's Witness style. You know, this is a pagan holiday, and you shouldn't have anything to do with it. I don't actually care about that. Um, it 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 revolves around the the um, what am I the, the capitalism uh, the spending the presents the I'm, I'm brain dead. So um, it's it's all that and. When you when when Matthew says, "Well, there's no conflict." Well, there may not be doctrinally. I'm not sure, but there is always this aspect of what would what would Jesus do. And I always had a, a real problem imagining Jesus uh, participating in our traditional notion of commercial commercial was the word I was thinking about our traditional notion of commercial commercialized Christmas. I, and I I look at marketers uh, and how they market. Uh, Christmas, you notice that there's no religious connotation whatsoever in Christmas advertising, you know, unless a church is advertising for you to come see their Christmas play or something. It, and the reason for that is because I think that markers do, marketers do recognize an inherent conflict between the commercialism and, you know, any part of the Jesus idea. And so they throw out the Jesus idea because they, they can't make those two work together. Uh, so. I do think that as a Christian, uh, they should actually stop and think a little bit longer about whether they should uh, make their list and go to the mall and engage in Black Friday and do all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, every time I hear families say, you know, it's commercialism, it's taking over the holiday, blah, 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 they always say that in the context of having just got back from the mall and spending a $1,000 on Christmas presents. So... Yeah, I think that some people do recognize that there's a conflict, but they can't seem to do anything about it. And I I would say that, you know, if I were putting on my Christian hat, stop a little longer, reconsider, actually maybe have a year where you have family and love and and Christmas cards, but don't go to the mall. Don't uh, strap out the the credit card. Don't do all of that. And And just try it and see if that feels
0: a little bit different. Uh, and Andrew, or are they, what are your thoughts on that?
3: I don't think that I have uh, much else to add. I, I think that'll shut her down for me.
0: Uh, so you're on, more on David's or Matt's point of view?
3: Well, I, I think... Fucking <laughs> <laughs> solid down the horns of that dilemma, didn't you? That was very well played. <laughs> I, I think. I think what I would say is let's celebrate this season however we celebrate it, with the notion of being as gentle to each other as we can possibly be. And probably for me, that means not imposing a lot of financial stress on the people around us. If you can give gifts, give them. If you can't, don't feel obligated to, and the people around you shouldn't obligate you. If this season is to mean anything, it should mean the time when the best of ourselves is the best to the people around us.
0: Cool. Yeah. I, I, believe it or not, I'm going to be weird and agree with both. Uh, so predominantly, I I'm, agree with Matt. I, I don't think there's anything wrong theologically with um, with having a Christmas tree or having presents and, you know, stockings and that sort of thing or, or watching Christmas specials on TV or that sort of thing. But I also, uh, I think David's uh, point sort of resonated with me about yeah, I mean if you're a Christian you should really take a time out to contemplate you know where are the priorities first of all uh, about this holiday and even maybe maybe take a take a year off and do what Andrew did and instead of getting presents you just give away presents to people who can't reciprocate um, that that might be good way of sort of remembering you know hey this this is about i've already i've already been given the ultimate gift uh with jesus uh type thing so i actually yeah i, I think you both i agree with both of you you both had valid points to raise so. so i want to
1: share just a little bit of my hypocrisy here what some might call hypocrisy but i've i've tried to live that reality my
0: private convos
1: about you right no okay. yes oh damn okay. yes Darn. yes <laughs> right. i'm uh... I am in your computer all the time. Um, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it runs so slow. Uh, but <laughs> at any rate. It all makes sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those websites later. I've got <laughs> recommendations. Um, so <laughs> where was I? Yeah, the, the, so here's the problem with the thing that I said that sounds so good. I've tried to live that way. I've tried to do it even as, you know, as a Christian. I tried to do it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd get my wife to agree, yes, we're we're going to enjoy one another this year. You know, because we say it's all about being together and family and friends. So let's make it that. And I am still the first to break down and go spend money I don't have and buy gifts. It's really hard to not do that. And um, I think the fact that it is hard to not do that indicates how much
0: of a problem it is. Yeah, it can't. It can't you can get so easily caught up in the in the season, right? Because you're getting pressure from from everywhere. Like, oh, you know, what did what did you get for Christmas? And people are uh, commercials telling you to go shop and everything like that. So, yeah, it is. It 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 can be easier said than done. So, yeah, you know, tr- try to have that strength of will if you can. One year, like uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really impressed with Andrew's tale of what he did that one year. I wish i would never done something like that. I wish I could claim that, but yeah, that's yeah, it's easier said than done. So
3: if we All right. were Dale, if we were as good as we should be, it would be the tradition and not the exception to the tradition. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll just say that I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was great the year we did it because it allowed us to get together around a common theme, and and then when Christmas. The day came or, or the evening before, I don't remember whether we shared a meal uh, Christmas Eve or, or Christmas Day, but when that day rolled around, the only pressure we had was to show up and share a meal. And if there was anything that, that I took away from it that, that I liked the most about the experience, it was that we all, we all gave together to somebody that needed it. And then we were able to just share the day. And oh. it was, it was powerful. I wish we, I, I wish, you know, wish we had continued the tradition. I push it every year. I, I hope that it comes back.
1: Yeah, but, you know, because you're an atheist, after you gave the beds, you probably went and ate their babies. So, I mean. <laughs> no, he, 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 all was, of them. It's not possible
2: for me to do that, all right? Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't eat all of them. That is, okay. I was, I was giving. I left one or two.
2: You're not as bad as the, <laughs> <fastest> <laughs> <joined> the <studio. laughs>
0: You left one, just like Zeus, just like uh, Zeus's dad, right, Cronos. The, the,
3: the <laughs> one leave that I leave was one
0: to tell the tale. <laughs> the,
3: the one that I thought was most likely to grow up and be a skeptic. I do have
0: to <laughs> <laughs> Those are the guys you got to watch out for. <laughs> um, but I do have a serious point to, to end off on, as sort of a, a, a contradictory thing that might that was a interesting lesson for me, um, because we're we're talking about like it's always. It's always out of selfishness that we receive gifts and stuff. And actually, that's the way, that's the way I thought. It's, oh, you know, I, I always give of myself. I compromise for you. We'll see whatever movie you want to see. Um, or, you know, like, I'll, I'll give gifts, but I, I get nothing. And we, just, we assume that's always the case from selfless, selflessness. But it's not always necessarily that. It could be a form of selfishness um, because people get joy from seeing, from, from seeing, giving to you as well right they you know like for example parents with their kids as andrew's gonna be well you, you already have kids so you'll know but you know you you get more joy out of see, giving to your kids and seeing their uh, sorry that's the opposite of my point but the point is uh is, yeah there, there is a lesson of humility in being able to graciously receive gifts as well that this was something i learned from david Suchet, Suchet, and um who's doing a documentary in the context of like shoe shoe shiner uh, and he was saying, no, no, no. I feel you, and me being up on a pedestal, and you're shining my shoes as though I'm above you and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, look, you gotta—that's uh, pride. You know, um, up so yeah. There, there's there. also that. Oh, no problem. Uh, is it better now? Um, yeah. I just I just wanted to all as good as the lesson is um, about that, that there is also virtue in, in being able to receive it in certain cases as well uh, hopefully that's a good good balance point uh, that you guys can appreciate as well
1: I, I agree and uh, I'm, I'm prepared to learn the hard lesson of receiving and so you may send your donations to skeptics and seekers at wordpress.com and we'll figure out how I can be a better receiver very nice Okay. You know, it's really hard for me, but I'm going to try to humble myself and learn to receive more. Uh, so you're mocking me. Okay. No. <laughs>
0: no. Well, yes. Okay. But
1: I actually agree with your point entirely. So, yes, it is, it is actually easier for me to give things to, than to humble myself and accept things.
0: So e- even though that sounds disingenuous, it really isn't yeah yeah it was it was a realization for me I never thought of it in that light because I, I was always the type oh I don't I don't care whatever movie you want to see we'll see that or where you know like I would always compromise on my thing and I thought that was me being uh, so yeah anyways I'll just say yeah that was a that's a good lesson as well to to look at it from both both angles there so yeah, yeah so I guess that's it that's it for the for the questions there did, the last thing that we could do, even though I think we've already sort of done that, is just go around and say what Christmas means to us personally. Uh, do you guys want to do that, or do you feel sure? Evil?
1: Why don't we bring in our uh, special
0: guest if he's still hanging around? The one that I by accident mentioned. That would yeah. that would be me. I'm here. Hello. Woo Ali, right. it's been a long time, man. How? <laughs> when was the last time I talked to you? It was like an hour. <laughs> Forty-five minutes ago. Oh thank <laughs> <your> goodness! <laughs> so
1: so yeah, Alan. Fifteen. Yeah, sorry. So, Alan, uh, let me just jump in here. So, you've heard the conversation uh, so yeah. far. Take a minute and um, give us your perspective on the things that stand out to you. I'd uh, I'd love to hear some of some of uh, what you have to say about this. Oh right.
4: Well, I, I really felt it was quite. Depressing, right. <laughs> I nearly, just... I, needed, I needed committed suicide here, but <laughs> there's, there's a number for that. Yeah, just there's hold a, on. There's just We're number. gonna put it's a hotline
1: a number on the screen right I now. I couldn't
4: find a razor. I was kind of like. You know, the best I got was, like, your God, paper a paper cut from the shroud I mean, That wasn't if, my original. If you had, if
3: you I, had only I, I, asked, I, I, we would have all given you a razor as a Christmas gift. We were,
0: <laughs> I had a fun, light-hearted episode planned, but these guys all teamed up on me and, and wanted the... Uh, so you could blame these guys, the skeptics.
3: You shouldn't have thrown me the ball at the beginning to just... <laughs> that's where this <laughs> thing went off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, what I was going to say is that uh, I'm so glad I was not part of this conversation. <laughs> I, just, like, I, I I just no. I really I hate Christmas. I really hate Christmas. I live to see December the twenty sixth. You know. <laughs> <Thank> Amen. You. <laughs> <laughs> please let it pass quickly you know so so christmas
3: Christmas is a kidney stone
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs)
4: luxury i dreamt kidney stones i can't Actually, <laughs> <There's a salad. laughs> I, no, I, I saw a uh, a Santa in a um. Uh, it, it was in, outside a supermarket, and they got this kind of jingly Santa, sort of singing along. This dummy Santa, and I, th- I got this idea of of, of of making a video, sort of a fun video, where I walk past this Santa, um, turn back, go to the Santa, and and kick the. <laughs> <laughs> Out of <laughs> <laughs> I was going to um, great sound effect of me punching him with a kind of, and the, and, the, and the sort of wonderful, wonderful um, um, song he was singing sort of going delightfully. Yes. So, um, yeah. Ah, clearly, yeah. Alan is not Alan, Canadian.
3: <laughs> do you guys, Alan, do you guys have the bell ringers, the, the Salvation, Salvation Army? Army. Is it, do
4: well, you, we, I, I live very close to a Salvation Army. Um, um, whatever it's called. Uh, well, <laughs> so so I, I,
1: at the here I, I, at the stores and malls and things like that, they 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 come out and they're outside the door and they're constantly ringing the bell. Um, and there's a bucket there for you to give donations, oh. and that I think that's what Andrew's talking about.
3: Right, but that's yeah. not the great part though. That well, that is not the great part of, of the Salvation Army bell ringer. So if you're really observant about these these men and women, and and by the way, give um you know. Give to to people that need. So anything I do not give
1: to the Salvation Army. I do not endorse this endorsement.
3: I I give to Goodwill because it is a secular organization, and the Salvation Army is not. So I want to get that out front. A lot of people don't realize
1: that Salvation Army is a church. it it is is that is
3: correct. That is correct. It is so when you give your money, you are not necessarily just giving to the to. It is not. it is not strictly going to people that need it. Um, there, there is a church element. So uh, Goodwill is a secular organization, and their money all goes to, uh, you know, to that cause. Okay, that said, here's what's funny about the Salvation Army. They stand out in front of all the stores, the the Walmarts and the Kroger's and the Targets and, and etc. They ring these bells, and, and they ring them and ring them and ring them, they almost never stop. But while they stand there in, in the season of giving, they're standing out in the bitter cold and the rain and uh, day and night, and they don't look happy.
1: They're not happy. They're not
3: happy. <laughs> it's, it's, it, is, it is the season of giving to people who least look like they
1: want to be involved. Well, the the irony even runs deeper than that because what they're doing while they're ringing those bells, even for the people who have nice Christmas cheer, they're just annoying the heck out of everybody. And so by the time you are done shopping, you are just pissed off. (laughs) Thanks, Salvation Army. Um. So
3: this is the Skeptics and Seekers and Asking Atheist anything present to our
1: listeners. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll insert some bell ringing here. In the...
2: Yes, find the happiest person you know and play them the past hour. That'll, the <laughs> That'll teach them. <laughs> give them a razor for Christmas. <laughs> Just make sure it's not a safety razor. Come on, oh. social responsibility.
3: Hey, in in the U.S. we have Second Amendment rights. We don't have to fool around with something as iffy as a razor.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> right to carry,
0: right to shave.
1: Um. All
0: right. All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was good. Good to hear. Thank you for the positive feedback. The constructive. Uh, <laughs> 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 Next
3: season, <laughs> next season, we'll know how to depress you even more. Weird,
2: you the hear our Easter episode. That'll <laughs> be so much fun, too. <laughs> that, that one
3: actually comes just for the listeners. That one will actually come with blueprints to properly crucify someone oh. so that as we describe it, you can follow along.
1: Oh, God,
0: I need a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. So so yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's been a, I think it's been a good time. We got, we even uh, managed to get Alan in there. Um, Yeah. I guess Merry Christmas, everyone. Please, uh, you know, don't let this depress you too much, Uh, but yeah, listen to it and then have a great time and have a good holidays with your, with your uh, family and friends. All right. Say goodbye, everybody.
1: Goodbye, everybody. Merry
0: Christmas, (laughs) (laughs) right, Uh, happy holidays. All right, Merry Christmas. Happy
3: holidays and stay tuned for the numbers that were promised.
0: All right, bye bye, Merry Christmas everyone.
3: In the United States, the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. And if you're having doubts, and you just need someone to talk to, but but you're not in imminent danger of harming yourself, there is a Secular Hotline that you can call. It is the Secular Hotline Project. It is 844-368-2848. And in Canada, you can call 911. Uh, operators in Canada are, uh, are trained for dealing with crisis. So again, call 911. And in the United Kingdom, you can call 0800 1111 if you're a young person experiencing crisis and be aware that that number will not show up on any phone bill. So you can call entirely anonymously. And for adults, call 0800 585858. Thank you and happy holidays from the realm.